Hey guys, uh, it's Mind Gold Apocalypse Edition. Um, you're listening to Sarah, as always. I don't think I actually ever introduce myself. I just assume everyone knows my name. It's Sarah, if you weren't aware. Um, yeah, so still an ISO, kind of loving it. Um, yeah, pretty much quite enjoying my life. Um, hope you guys are too. Obviously, there's not everything that's ideal, but pretty much just trying to make the best of it, um, which is all we can do. And pretty much just continuing to reach out to other people who are also trying to make the best of it. Right, because no one wants to listen to a negative Nelly podcast. Um, Yeah, so today I have the beautiful, talented and extremely strong Amy Carmody on the show. Now she is a yoga teacher. She's got a very broad history in um, sports, uh, dance, weightlifting, gymnastics, CrossFit, and has 10 years experience as a yoga teacher, which is pretty cool. So she knows her shit and she's going to share some of it w- with us um, right now. So enjoy. Hi, Amy. Hey! <laughs> so good to see you there. You've got lovely wallpaper. But I, I know, it's so old school, it's, isn't it? It's a little bit like um, Gaudi from Spain. It's yeah. Kind of like, yeah it's Are you painting over it, though? It looks like you've plastered over some of it. No, I think that it's just such an old house. I love those houses. It's mm, very cool. Mm. But anyway, um, how are you? Um, how's your COVID life? And because uh, most of my listeners may not know who you are, maybe tell us about you because you're awesome. Okay. I am a full-time yoga teacher here in Melbourne. I've been teaching yoga for 10 years now. And um, I've I've gone uh, fully online. I did just before or just after the shutdown. I was sort of um, preparing for it. You're so quick off the mark. You were like the first person that I saw to do it. I was like, whoa, she's fucking onto it. Did you just have an inkling that that's what was going to happen? Yeah, the the, the doors to... The studio shut down on, I think it was the Friday or the Saturday, and I had um, a website up with about 10 classes already recorded by the Wednesday. That's got to be some sort of record, surely. That's pretty good. Yeah. But you, like, took yourself away from teaching. Was it about a week before, like, everything officially closed? Yeah, I think it was about um, nearly two weeks. It was about 10 days before. Um, I just felt really funny about because I'm across so many studios and they're all heated and they're, they're, they're busy studios. I just felt really funny about, um, one for the safety of my, my family and, and two, just, I felt like, God, I would be just the worst carrier <laughs> spreading, you know, this onto so many other people too. So I just felt like it was just too risky on either end. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think it's funny how, like, because obviously we're, like, about a month in now, so it's, like, fairly, like, well, the new normal, I guess. But um, I, at that point, I don't think anyone was quite aware of how, like, hectic it was going to get. Because um, I remember going to – because I know you from you teaching me yoga. <laughs> um, and I was still going to that studio and 
Um, and, you know, people were talking about places closing and I was like, oh, my fucking yoga studio better not close. Like, that'll just be the worst. And then, like, literally a day later, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, wow, everywhere is actually closing. This is actually a thing. And this was, like, before my work had closed. So I was still working at, like, a big leisure center um, where, obviously, I come into contact with, like, all of the people and, like, heaps of older adults as well. So, like, if I'm a carrier, so many people are fucked, you know? Exactly. I, I sort of – I knew it was coming maybe almost a month before it actually happened. I have um, a, a, a friend of mine who's also a business mentor, and he we sort of caught up early March. We were supposed to be spending Easter together, and he just, he just sort of sat me down and said – this is serious. Um, he's very involved in the stock market and he just said, this, this isn't like everywhere is going to shut down. So he, he sort of gave me the heads up. Um, I think while everyone was still in that sort of denial, is this going to happen kind of bubble. So, um, I think I'd already sort of, um, prepared for it, but, um, yeah. So maybe that's why I acted so fast was just because, I knew I, I knew I had to sort of, um, it's my only option. Your only option is, is really if you have the chance to go online, like you have, you have to jump at it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like, cause I attended the studio, one of the studios you work at fairly regularly and I have, I have to say it, I haven't done yoga since the, the studio closed. I've, I primarily do weightlifting. So I've obviously been doing that. But you know what I find is weird is that, like, whilst I can easily recreate, like, the weightlifting vibe wherever, like, I've got my gym set up as a – my lounge set up as a gym now. And if I can train in a garage, like, it doesn't matter where I train as long as I've got a barbell and plates, like, I'm fine in some sort of platform. But I couldn't recreate the yoga vibe. I just couldn't – I couldn't do it. So I'm, like, I feel like I just carry a little bit of weightlifting around with me all the time. So it's, like – I am the vibe, but how the fuck do you recreate the yoga vibe? I just couldn't. I tried. I tried to watch online, and I was just like, "No, nah, it's shit." Yeah, it is. It is such a different um, experience at a studio practice in comparison to a home practice. But I think the difference is is that the yoga world has set you up to be very dependent on that studio right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, environment. And I don't think that's very healthy because, um, as you know, I'm an ex weightlifting coach and, um, you know, I, I had a brilliant coach myself and the, the sessions you have with your coach are just unbelievable. You can almost, you know, unless you're absolutely nailing it, um, you don't train like that by yourself. Like you're just so on when you're with your coach, and it's similar with the it with the yoga practice um, because you you've got someone very experienced there leading you through um, leading you through the experience, and they're if they're a great teacher, they're they're hands on and they're really watching you. Um, but the, the issue that I, that I have with the not then being able to do that at home is that, you know, like a, a good weightlifting coach will give you the tools to then go and train by yourself because yeah. that's really, that's a really important part of your training and your growth as an athlete. athlete. 
just as important in the in the yoga world is that you know we really should have a, a home practice, be it a movement practice, a breathing practice, a meditation practice, because you know. With, then we become too dependent on be it one particular teacher, one particular space. Like the, the yoga is more than just the studio environment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, why I'm so passionate about making sure that my students are educated. So they're educated how to move well. So if and now it's when you're by yourself you have some rough idea of what you're doing yeah but also it's like you know i had a student say to me that you know it's just it's just not it's not the same and i said no it's it's absolutely not the same it's like you can't compare the two it's not it's not apples and apples it's apples and bananas yeah for sure i think for me like because I find it, I can create the intensity when I'm on my own for weightlifting, when I'm with my coach, when I'm with others. Like, it doesn't matter who I'm with or where I am. I've got that intensity and I've got that, I guess, maybe it's more the knowledge or the experience of how long you've been doing something for, whether you've been practicing yoga for quite a long time and you're quite experienced with it, whereas I am by no means that. <laughs> so yeah. maybe I do need, it's the same as I would need my coach when I started out. I don't know. But I think... Um, yeah, like the like what you said about having people dependent on being at a place or having a person. It's same with um, like healthcare practitioners or anything now. You know, everyone has to do without like all these things that they just kind of take for granted. Like going to a yoga studio, going to get a massage. Like we really have to kind of empower ourselves to like make, still continue these habits and still keep these like really positive like things in our life going and it's kind of hard um, oh my god looking after yourself is really hard work. it's really hard <laughs> and um you know uh, it, it takes a committed student to have a strong home practice and when I'm mentoring other teachers I stress absolutely stress upon them the importance of them themselves having a home practice because it makes them brilliant teachers. Um, because when you go to the studio, a beautiful um, experience is curated yeah. down to the lighting, the music, the warmth, the other bodies in the room. You, you it's, it's. I don't, I don't want to say the word lazy because it's not, it's not, about, it's lazy. It's not about being lazy, but. When you're at home, it's optimal. It's it's, it's yeah. so it's so different. Well, they've created so, this optimal vibe that it's like perfect for yoga. But yeah. you know, when you're you know, I've tried to do yoga here, and I've got like Graham like trying to walk on me. I've got like my neighbor talking outside. It's like it's kind of cold, and you know, it's just kind of shit. <laughs> yes but isn't that life yeah no you're absolutely right so being able to like blank all that stuff out um oh it's the same with weightlifting that's why I think it's so important to be able to train at another uh gym or compete in another at another club like all those kind of things because that's fucking distraction that's what you want so I guess I've never thought about it like you need to do the same thing with yoga like if you're good at yoga you'll be able to do a home practice you know (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that that's 
you know, potentially the, the pitfall of studios are more and more every day looking like day spas. So oh my you, God, they do. you fall into this false pretense that you need these phenomenal architectural designed spaces to do a practice where yeah. it's just, it's just so, so far from reality. And that to me is something that has strengthened since becoming a mom because when you've got a little baby at home, you, you, you can't just grab your keys and go off to the warm, heated studio. You, you know, you, you move when you bloody well get the chance to move in the kitchen or, or in, you know, in the corner of your bedroom. Um, and if you, I think that if you commit to that, it's actually a, a really beautiful space you fall into because you're the creator of your practice. Yeah. That's um, cool. You know, I was, I was at the park with Charlie the other day and, um, there was a woman sitting at the base of the tree, um, clearly meditating, um, and Charlie was being really loud, you know, sort of like burning off his energy and running around. And five minutes later, her phone called and um, she was like, oh, hi, yeah, blah, blah. I'm just, I'm at the park. I'm trying to meditate. It's not going very well. And I, and I was like, that reminder of, you know, life, to, to meditate or become a yogi, it's not about going and sitting on top of the mountain having the perfect experience. It's about you know, it's messy. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to move away from it, be it meditation or yoga or, 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 or pranayam. It's, it's not perfect. We are going to have cats and dogs and children walking over us. And I think that that's going more common with these times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's really interesting. I guess I've never looked at it like that. I think like for me, half the reason I liked going to that studio is because I just feel so calm when I'm in there and like I can't switch that calm on just at any time. I can't be like, all right, calm. But as soon as I walk up those stairs, I'm like, and I'm calm. <laughs> and I can't seem to recreate that same, um, I guess, what's the word? It's like Pavlov with his dogs. You know what I mean? Like mm. they start salivating when he rings the bell. It's like I see those stairs and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. You can. You're just you're just you just haven't maybe tapped into it in your own space yeah for sure i totally i totally get it but that that feeling that we're so familiar with that you have within a in a a practice it's that's available to you all the time it's just it's about strengthening your ability to tap into that no matter the external environment and that's um i think and i hope is going to be heightened in a lot of people throughout this time that no we can't compare a home practice to a studio practice but maybe we could strengthen our capacity to tap into the calm that doesn't it we don't we don't, um, yoga doesn't make us calm. It doesn't make us feel relaxed. It reminds us that we have those feelings within us at all times. That's cool. And they, don't just, they don't just appear out of thin air. It's, it's sort of like, that's how we are. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and it's normal to get, um, you know, waves of other feelings too, like the, you know, the stress and the, the, the COVID meltdowns. But really, there's it's almost like the nectar or the honey within you. You just, you're just, like weightlifting, you get better at getting under the bar. You get better at getting to the nectar. I think like, so for me, that same thing in weightlifting, I call it BDE, big dick energy. And it's like being able to channel that, like not just when you're on the platform, but when you're in training, whether you're training in your lounge, whether you're training in a garage, like it doesn't matter because you've got that. And I think that through this, um, this last month, I've realized that I can have that whenever I want, you know? So I don't know what the yogi equivalent of that, <laughs> the, the honey, that the nectar, that does sound a little bit more family friendly <laughs> than BDA, <laughs> but it's like the yoga equivalent of BDA. Absolutely. <laughs> and I just think that, you, you know, you can't judge your inability to tap into that, especially if you're newer to the practice and you've, you've got to think about it. Like, you know, you dig weightlifting and that's your thing and you probably wake up in the morning and start thinking about, you know, your, or your next you're going to hit what percentage is like. Mine is like I like go to sleep thinking about ways I can move on the mat. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, still, I still enjoy going to the gym and lifting weights, but throughout ISO that's definitely dropped off. But because probably that, you know, you're a committed weightlifter and I'm more of a committed yogi, it's like, you know, with the, the, the other movement modalities are probably quietening down a little bit because maybe we're not as passionate about it or maybe we're not at that level of discipline to push ourselves to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I did actually, I tried a Pilates, a Zoom Pilates last week, right? And I've never done Pilates, so I had no idea what to expect, but I was just thinking, well, Amy's yoga is fucking hard. Pilates sounds harder than yoga, so I reckon it's going to be just fucked. So I was like proper prepared to be like destroyed, and I was like, oh, this is completely fine. Like, pretty doable. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Like, it was pretty easy. And I was like, am I doing it wrong? Like, but I think maybe they just started off, like, slow because, you know, you never know what kind of level someone's going to be at, um, which is totally fair. I did really enjoy it, though. But all I could think of was, like, man, yoga's so much harder. I know. It's really interesting to, um, to, to hear people's um, sort of differences between Pilates and yoga. I get asked all the time if I'm – a Pilates instructor. Yeah, that would be quite annoying. It's like how people think that I'm a powerlifter or a bodybuilder. I'm like, they're completely different things. It's like literally not the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think be... it's maybe just because I put such an emphasis on, um, you know, uh, not just alignment, but to, to sort of, you know, I'm obsessed with the glutes and I'm obsessed with the core. So people sort of only have traditionally thought of yoga as like stretching yeah right I think anyone who's done your yoga will know that it is definitely not that <laughs> a bit of stretching in there but it's definitely um, like you need to stretch after it like it's fucking hard 
<laughs> so how did you get from, because um, you coached weightlifting and you coached CrossFit, yeah? How did you, yeah. uh, when did you make the transition? Like, why did you make that transition? I find it so interesting when people go from, like, one sort of extreme to the other. So there was no um, transition. I did them both simultaneously, but the, the first ever training I did was a yoga training when I was 18. So that was first off the bat. Um, and then, so I was 18, did yoga. I was very, very flexible and very, very weak, especially in my upper body. Um, I sort of was uh, grew up on um, ballet. So we had like, I had pretty great leg strength, but anything to do arm-wise, I couldn't even do like a chaturanga when I was first practicing yoga, nor were they very popular. Oh, okay. Um, and so I was doing yoga for a few years and then I just randomly went to a gym. I think I was the guy I was dating at the time maybe was going to the gym. And so I just got into the gym and I got a, a PT who, um, who just said to me, like, you, you, you know, you're a great mover and you've done your yoga training. You should think about doing your PT course. I feel like you'd be a great PT. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do that. And then she mentored me for a couple of years. She was a great um, Maya therapist, and she has she runs a very successful business. And um, my boyfriend was also became a PT. And he just somehow got obsessed with watching CrossFit videos. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who trains like that? Why are they doing everything so fast and <laughs> yeah. so aggressively? Um, and anyway, so he got, he got pretty into CrossFit. And then when we broke up, I was in a yoga class at a, at a studio in, in Hawthorne that I was teaching at. And the dude in front of me had this CrossFit singlet on, and I was like, maybe I should try it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. Anyway, this, this the guy that was in front of me ended up owning the gym, and so I went down and I tried a class. And I just think it felt so empowering initially because when you are like a on the side of weak and flexible, to go into something like CrossFit was like whoa, this is fun and, um, you know, you, you watch yourself progress and that's really motivating. So addictive, hey? Yeah, and I think too, like, with having, you know, good good mobility and you need sort of, you need range for lifting. So I had that and then it just felt awesome to get stronger. Um but I just, I just really, I loved more the weightlifting side of things. So after I was at CrossFit for a while, I got, I was sort of trained, I trained CrossFit. I went overseas and I trained with Kelly Starrett and did mobility, oh, um, mobility training, and went to New Zealand, did gymnastics with Dusty Highland, and sort of like ventured down all those trainings in the CrossFit world. Um. And then I'm pretty sure you train at Hawthorne, don't you? No, no. Oh, um, oh Hawthorne Weightlifting Club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought we were still talking about CrossFit. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I sort of went there and I, I, I sort of did my weightlifting cert through them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've done that for us. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, and I was doing yoga, teaching yoga throughout all of this. And then I just felt a bit too old. <laughs> too sore all the time. I felt like I was training too much. Um, I, I still think that for the, for the range that I had, um, you know, I, it just, it was never that balanced my flexibility in comparison to my strength. I, yeah. I, I sort of got really strong, but it just, I just every day woke up and was like, my joints just don't feel quite right. You know, um, I was sort of, um, any time I'd attempt to snatch that fucking 70 kilos, my shoulders would just drop it right Oh, back. right, because you didn't have the stability. Yeah. So any time I, I, I sort of, I could lift the weight, but any time I try and overcome that PR, it's just, it just would like drop at the bottom of squat or my shoulders would just go or yeah and so I just, I just sort of was feeling as if like I sort of hit this wall and felt great in terms of how I progressed and then I just was like I'm too sore I'm I'm ready to chill out <laughs> yeah fair well I think it's one of those things like if you don't fucking love every second of it then it, it's just really not for you because you are sore all the time and there are a lot of aspects of it which just suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I loved the sessions, and they were really fun. But fuck, I just hated waking up the next day and just just the amount of work you had to do to like, you know, make sure your QLs are feeling good. You you just and yeah, just I'm, I just felt uncomfortable a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, I feel completely different now. I'm pain free every day, and I, I you know, I don't feel like. Um, my, my joints are very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I just find it interesting when someone does both because not many weightlifters I know do yoga as well. Um, mm. So I just find it interesting because I really enjoy both, but for different reasons. I think it's kind of cool to have those sort of opposites. Um, yeah. Obviously not. I mean, I find the intensity of yoga is quite challenging, but just the um, – it's just completely different vibe. I think that's what I find appealing because I'm such a like heightened like anxiety person all the time and that just like brings me down <laughs> it's like yeah. needed um yeah I can be I can be like more mellow and sort of fall into that sort of I'm, I'm, I'm steady and then sometimes I'm like, I need to go to the gym and do, like, something really hard. Like, I need to, like, bring myself up. We're like the and opposite. I still, I still go to the gym and lift weights. And I, my training partner is always like, you can lift heavier than this. Like, what are you doing? I'm just like, no, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm all right. I don't, I've sort of done my days of doing really heavy stuff. I just go because I like the feeling and I just, I just think it's important not to just have one modality of training. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, what do you think uh, you'll do when we go back to normal? Are you going to continue with online stuff, like as well? Oh, God, normal. I wonder if people will be converted, though. Like, 
I wonder how many people are going to realize that they actually, they do have the discipline to have a home practice, to train in their garage, and how many people are going to run back to the safety of their coach in their studio? normal we have to sort of take another route so it's a really interesting question because um for me I I would probably do a a mixture of both um potentially because I acted so quickly or because I've been teaching for a decade now and I have you know, I have, a, I have a niche of students. There's a very particular way in, in which I teach yoga. Um, so, uh, you know, I've done, I've done quite well in terms of I've been online for a month and I've made four times the amount of what I normally would. Fuck yeah. Mm, so... Awesome. Um, the, the, the question to me of would you go back, not financially, I would more than likely be better off staying online. Um, my reach is bigger because I have the capacity now to teach those parents who are now at home with small children, to, to teach you know, I've got students in Tassie, I've got students in Europe, I've got students in America that can now still practice with me. So so in that way, my, my reach has just blown up. Um, but the question of if, if studio, when studios reopen, um, how likely are people going to do both? Because a lot of people will want to go back and have that experience of a studio practice, and why wouldn't you? Because it's like going back to your coach. It's special. It's intimate. Um, you know, you, you get someone to watch you and be with you. It's it's an important part of the practice. Um, but in terms of myself as an individual, I was spread across five studios, so more than likely, I'm only at one studio once or maybe twice a week. So I had a really big um, client base of students who I would see daily and weekly, but I wasn't at the one studio five times a week. So now I've got students who are practicing five, seven days a week week with me yeah, right. because so that would probably be an incentive to some people to, to keep you know an online membership and then maybe have like you know still the opportunity to go to studios yeah um, and on top of you know financially it working for me it's just it's actually just a better work life balance I I'm usually never home to put my my son to bed and that's been very nice very special to be at home with him um so you know not running around from studio to studio having that day-to-day even hour by hour hustle 
it's just, it's now that I look back at it, it's fucking not sustainable. Yeah. Like, and we sort of already knew that as, as like PTs and people who get paid either by the hour or by the class. Fuck, if I'm still doing that when I'm 50. <laughs> totally fair. I think that a lot of people would have realised that their old schedule wasn't really conducive to balance, any sort of balance. I definitely know that I've realised that in terms of how much, how many different things I was doing um, in like any given day, it was just fucking stupid. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my God, I have all this time. I'm doing like a mobility protocol every day. I'm going for walks every day. I've been writing. I've been just like spending time with great, my cat, <laughs> like stu- like little things like that. But it's just so nice to be able to do them. Like the walking, although I'll be glad when that calms down because every, every fucker in Richmond is out there walking the Yarra. <laughs> it's ridiculous it's a shit fight but you know it's nice for them that they're all doing it but <laughs> I know all the um all the non-parents like I did the, I did a poll on Instagram last night it was like are you getting more time to exercise more time to do the things that you've always wanted to do and like all the no's was like I'm a parent I'm dying I'm in hell <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> right parents are homeschooling fuck that would be a nightmare yeah. I, yeah, I I was sort of chatting to a dad in the park today and he's just like, I've got no fucking idea how we're supposed to continue working and 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 give the child a full full school day in front of the computer. He's like, I just and I was like, I just I just don't think you are going to. I think no, you just need how? Yeah. it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's like good to think about these sort of things as well. Cause as you know, I was in a bit of a COVID hole like yesterday. <laughs> um, and it's so much like, it's important to be grateful and realize so many other people are in s- such worse situations. Um, and yeah, it kind of just makes what you're experiencing, I guess, seem a little bit silly. I know that I definitely feel like that now in light of my complete meltdown over I can't really remember what it was about. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, I was chatting with um, Jackson, who who is my videographer today. Um, you know, he's sort of talking about how things could be worse. Like, you know, we're not, you know, we're not in a, a camp or a third world country, or you know, we're safe. We've got a house over our head, which is all very true and. and and important pillars and reminders, you know, to to have a reality check-in on perspective, but we also can't um, take away our right to have a bad day or a bad night, you know? Yeah. Because that's also um, not healthy. Yeah, it's kind of trying to find that balance between... um, being ungrateful and bottling everything up, <laughs> um, you know, and just pretending that you feel fine and that everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's that's like one of the teachings in yoga is that um, polarities coexist. It's in, it's impossible for them not to. So, it, you know, you you can wake up and be grateful that. You have a safe house, you have food in the fridge, um, you have health on your side, 
but the polarity to that is, you know, you could feel really lonely and really isolated and, and um, you know, be feeling some very dark emotions, but it doesn't, that, you know, the, the lightness of, of what is abundant in your life doesn't cancel out, you know, the, the, the hardship that you might be feeling. We can't, you know, just keep sort of that saying of like, oh, it could be worse. It's like, well, absolutely it could, but I'm a human and I deserve to feel a range of emotions. Oh, that's what I'm going to say next time someone tells me it could be worse. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, people might say it, to sort of, they, usually people just want to fix and want to bring you out of the mood because it's uncomfortable for them to sit in that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, when I was about 18 or 19, um, I remember explaining to my teacher that um, someone very close to me was dying of cancer and she just held my hand and said, that's life, sweetheart. We, you know, if we cannot have the darkness without the light and it's, the hardest and it's the easiest thing to comprehend. Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's just trying to hope that there's more light than dark, right? Generally. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Depends on it. Maybe it's maybe it depends on the um, situation, the person, the karmic exchange. There's so many, um, so much that could go into that statement, isn't there? What would you say have been the light moments and the dark moments for you so far across this last month? What have been the light moments and the dark moments? Okay, um, light moments has been. I get to do one of my favorite things for, you know, the first half of the entire day, pretty much. So practice yoga. Um, I feel physically unbelievable. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's like, it's like any, uh, career. I think, you know, a builder never has his own house. Sometimes when you are a busy yoga teacher, your own practice can tend to fall to the wayside. I try not to because it's 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 important to be a strong teacher. You need to have a strong practice. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, I, I haven't gotten to practice this much unless I'm you know on a specific training and away from the normality of life. So that's been incredible. Um, more time with my husband and with my with my son. Um, you can also put that in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> it's just like you know, having um, having a two year old stuck in ISO far out. Like it's beautiful because you get to you know they 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 just kids just want to hang out with their parents pre maybe like. Eight, maybe that's the age, you know, and they want to hang out with their friends. But um, he just loves his parents, but he's also been really confused as to why he can't go to daycare or can't see his grandparents, um, you know. And to hear a two-year-old say, like, 
oh, I can't go on the slide because everyone's coughing is like I just never thought I would be alive to hear that. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up to hear your kid like, oh, yeah, all the parks are closed because everybody's sick. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to say like, I don't know, I just, just didn't feel right to lie. I just said that, you know, everyone's got a little bit of a cough and we're just making sure that, you know, we stay healthy. Um, other hard parts is just the stress of creating a, basically a brand new business within like five days. That was yeah. really overwhelming. Um, but it all just, it, it, it just kind of fell into place. And to be honest, it felt like my time. I've been wanting to do this for a while. And, and I think COVID just kicked my ass into gear. Like it was either now or never. Yeah. Um, so in a way that's, you know, even though it's been really hard, it's been really great that I've sort of taken that step in that direction. Um, yeah, I just, I just miss my parents. <laughs> really miss my parents, miss my mates. Um, you know, having one of your best friends tell you they're pregnant over FaceTime is like, Aww. oh, you just, you just want to, like, reach out and, and, yeah. and grab them. But, uh, I mean, God, I just I remember reading Anne Frank in Berlin, like, five years ago, and I was like, she was in a fucking cupboard for three years. Yeah. You know, like, we get FaceTime, we get to we get to speak to our loved ones every day and, you know, like we were just saying before, you can't neglect feelings of, um, of things being tough, but I'm fine, I'm good. I'm good. I love what you've done. I'm excited to try. I think I might just do it. I'll just fucking sign up. Try some classes. There's a five-day trial, babe. You'll love it. There's mobility. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I also had a really great um, – well, I have a great sort of, as I said before, to a business mentor – who's just given me such phenomenal tips throughout this whole process. Um, and, and one of them was don't give people too many options. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I've had people say like, Oh, can you, can I do drop-ins? Can I do class passes? And it's, you know, no, this, this is, this is a member membership based subscription. You know, and you can cancel at any time, but if you start, the more options you have, the more choices people make and the more diluted it becomes. Yeah, So, sure. you know, what I would encourage of anyone else wanting to go online is just be confident in your decision and, and don't give too many choices. And another thing is that I love that he said to me was um, – a cheap price insinuates a cheap product. Yeah. And he said, you are not a cheap product. And I think that either yoga teachers or, or gym owners or coaches, you know, some, some have been 
doing this, you know, for me, it's a decade. Some have been doing it for 20, 30 years, have spent thousands of dollars to increase their education and their, their love for their sport or their job or whatever. You can't turn around and ask for 10 bucks a month or give your workout for free because, yeah. you know, it's your, it's your livelihood. And, you know, I know that there's some teachers out there who just felt like they didn't feel confident charging and maybe I'm just a little bit more, you know, I've got a, I've got a family to put food on the table for, but, um, like, nothing's free and I don't think people should expect that either. No, I think you've got to know your worth as somebody giving a service that you're fully qualified to give and people should, you know, you'll show you that they value that. I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, every, you know if, if this is your, especially if this is your career, you, you, de- you deserve to be paid for your work. Um, and, you know... Pick a number and, and stick to it. And if it's too low, if it feels too low, it's too low. And if it feels too high, it's too high. Like you just got to back yourself. Yeah. Mm. Well, it sounds like you're fucking nailing it. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. You know, it's just like I don't know. I've, I've been I've been okay for the last ten years. You just you, you've got to have. A, a practice that encourages adaptability and I think adaptability is really important from this point onwards yeah if, if you don't have a practice that encourages adaptability with you um you're fucked <laughs> yeah you know you, and we can't be stuck in our ways um you gotta highlight to people that it's it's not the same you don't compare them. Your your home isn't a studio. You just got to get real and you've got to get over it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You've got to get over that you don't have the gym available to you. You've got to get over that you don't have a, a perfectly 33-degree yoga room. But you gotta, you got to keep moving forward and you just adapt. Yeah, adapt or you're fucked. Basically, bottom line. That's my that's my message. Good, I love it. I won't make that the title of the episode, but it is a great <laughs> message. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh, thanks for um, thanks for having me. It's been a joy to speak to you and have this time. I feel like um, we could have great chats, but we just haven't had the ch- chance to to do that. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I'm and I gonna... love watching those quads squat on Instagram. Oh, they've gotten real big, eh? What the fuck? <laughs> As my husband says, quads of the gods. Amazing. Thank you. Um, well, I will sign up for my five-day trial and try and recreate the nectar in That's my lounge. My look. <laughs> Amazing. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Amy. Take care. Bye, love. Bye.